Hey, what's up, Propel Church? Pastor Nick here. I am so excited to be with you today. Wherever you're watching from, we're just so thankful that you chose to spend a little bit of time with us here today as we continue in our series, When Life Gives You Limits. Now, if you are with us for the first time, I want to give you a special welcome. We consider it an honor that you're with us today. Be sure to let us know you're here by filling out an online connect card. You can find that at propel.church slash online. We're not going to show up at your house or do anything weird. We just want to send you a note that says, thanks for being with us today. In addition to that, if you call Propel Church home, this is a great time to hit that share button. And while I'm teaching, be sure if you're in a watch party to hit the heart emoji, drop what God is speaking to you in the comments, because we believe that today is going to be a powerful day as we open God's Word together. We've been in this message series called When Life Gives You Lemons for a couple of weeks now, and we've talked about some great things. We've learned that we really can't control what happens to us, but we will get to determine Determine how we choose to respond to it. We've talked about the things that come out of our mouth. We've talked about vision. And last week we talked about how to handle when life kind of throws us a curveball. Today I want to jump into week four of this series and talk with you about the topic of worship. Now, I believe one of the most powerful things you can do when life gives you lemons is begin to worship, begin to praise God, begin to thank God for who he is, because worship is all about God and not really about us at all. And worship is going to be your greatest weapon in the battlefield of life. But I wonder how many of us don't ever utilize it. We have this access to something so incredible, but we don't even take advantage of it. And it reminds me of a story. A few years ago, I was in St. Louis. I had traveled out there for business, and they put me up in a great hotel. And we were busy that whole week. But I would rush out in the mornings, and, and I would uh, just I really didn't spend a ton of time at the hotel because it was packed to pack with meetings. And then one morning, I woke up a little bit early and went downstairs and realized that they have this gourmet breakfast. And I love me some breakfast food. Breakfast food is one of those that you can eat any time of day. It's good, right? It's not that great to have chicken parm for breakfast, but you can have breakfast for dinner. It's incredible. If you love breakfast, be sure to hit that heart emoji right now. But as I sat down to have breakfast, I was excited and ordered whatever I wanted. And at the end, I asked them, all right, so how much will it be? Because I noticed that the menu didn't have any prices on it at all. And they said, oh, it's included with your room. I said, included? Come on, God is good. Won't he do it? Everything that I had that morning to eat was already included. I think you and I sometimes don't realize what we have access to in our lives. Worship is not just something that we do. It's a powerful weapon that we possess. But if we don't understand what we have access to, we'll never be able to fully take advantage of it or utilize it. So if you have a Bible, go with me to Acts chapter 16. We are going to read the story of a man named Paul and Silas. Before we do that, these two men have been on this incredible journey of spreading the gospel throughout the world. They've come across a woman who is demon-possessed, and they begin to share Jesus with her. She gets freed, and the people in the town don't like what they've been doing. You can honor God with your life, and there's still going to be some people who stand in opposition against you. So they start to form a mob and go after Paul and Silas. And this is what it says in Acts chapter 16, 
verse 22. It says, a mob went quickly, a mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas, and the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. They were severely beaten, and then they were thrown into prison. And now hold for just a second. These men were honoring God with their lives, and yet in response to them honoring God, they get beaten, they get whipped, and they get thrown into prison. As a follower of Jesus, you and I have to understand that one of the things that Scripture teaches us is that signing up to follow Jesus is to sign up to go through the same things Jesus went through. One of the promises, God has so many promises for you and I that are both yes and amen, and they're delightful. He promises to love us. He promises to pursue us. He promised to send Jesus for us. But we're also promised persecution. We're also promised suffering at times, and, but it's in that suffering that we become co-heirs with Christ. So you need to know as a follower of Jesus, there's a good chance that life's going to throw you a lemon from time to time. It, so they are following God. They get thrown into prison, and this is what it says in the next verse. The jailer ordered to make sure they didn't, uh, I'm sorry, so they were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure that they didn't escape. So the jailer put them in the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in the stocks. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other people were listening. The first point that I have for you this morning is this. Your ability to worship isn't based on your current situation. We're talking about worship, and we're talking about when life gives us lemons, and as we begin to have that conversation and begin to talk about it, one of the first things I think for me that I begin to think about is, well, what if I don't feel like worshiping? In fact, what if my current situation doesn't deem itself worship worthy? If I feel like what I'm going through, if I feel like my struggle or my situation isn't something that invokes the response of worship, it, it, maybe it invokes worry in my life. Maybe it creates chaos or frustration. For Paul and Silas, they've been beaten, they've been mocked, they've been laughed at, they've been spit on, and they've been tossed into prison. And it's in the middle of prison that they choose to begin to worship. I think you and I have to understand that worship isn't based on the current situation that we find ourselves in because worship is not a feeling, it's a posture. Worship, if it's a feeling, means I choose whether or not I want to worship, whether I feel like it. But when you and I understand what worship is, worship is all about who God is. And who God is doesn't change based on my situation or my circumstance. Because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if I know that my circumstance may not change, but I know my circumstance may change, but I know my God never will, I have the ability to choose to praise, to choose to sing, to choose to worship over anything that I'm experiencing in life. And that's hard for some of us to imagine, but let me just tell you, in your greatest moments of struggle and your frustration, if you'll begin to worship, you'll feel the posture of your heart begin to shift because what you focus on really makes a big difference. So you can worship no matter what circumstance or situation you're going through. 
oftentimes in the middle of hardships, I, your pastor, don't feel like worshiping. I feel like sulking or worrying or getting frustrated. But in every situation in my life that changes, God doesn't. He remains the same. And the good news about worship is that no matter what I'm going through, I still have a God who sits on the throne. I still have a God who is the name above every other name and who is actively working things out on my behalf. In the middle of those situations that the enemy intended for evil, he is strategically orchestrating things to work out for my good. So I can choose to worry or I can choose to worship. I can choose to be frustrated in what I'm going through or I can choose to sit down and focus on who God really is. I love that Paul and Silas were in chains and in shackles in the inner dungeon of a prison, and yet they still chose to worship. They still chose to focus on who God is. They still chose to lift up the name above every other name. That matters. I don't know what you're going through in this season, but what I do know is that when you choose to worship, it makes such a big difference. Because worship is not based on your current circumstance, but on God's character. And God's character isn't going to shift in this season or in the next. I remember a few years ago, the church was going through a little bit of a rough patch. And, and it wasn't that anything was really wrong. It was just that there were some people we were close to that were leaving. And I was just frustrated with the situation and the season. And as I began to step back for a moment, I just started, I just, I just sat back in my room and I turned on a little bit of worship music and I just began to sing out to God. I began to lift my voice and, and sing, just like Paul and Silas. I kind of felt like I was stuck, but the moment that I began to praise, everything began to shift. I believe if you would stop listening to whatever radio you're listening to on the way to work and you'd start choosing to worship, you may walk into your job different. If you get that doctor's report and it's not good, but you choose to worship, it may change the outcome. Worship is so incredibly powerful. And here's what I know. Worship may not change your situation, but it may change you. It may change the position of your heart in this. We get to verse 25 and it says this, that around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and they're singing hymns to God. But I love there's a comma and then it says, and the other prisoners we're listening. The second thing that I want you to know is that people are listening to how you respond to hardships. As a follower of Jesus, Jesus tells you and I that we are a city on a hill. We're a light that can't be hidden. When you sign up to follow Jesus, you live your life under a microscope for the rest of your life. People are watching you. People are looking to you. And when you go through hard circumstances, one of the things that they're looking for is how you choose to respond. Because a lot of times when it comes to hardships, the way a follower of Jesus responds and the way someone who doesn't follow Jesus responds look very similar. But that shouldn't be the case. Because we don't grieve as those who don't have hope, as Paul says. We're people who have hope. We have passion. We know that God is with us and for us. And because of that, we have the ability to respond in a way that glorifies and honors God. You and I need to know 
that people are watching. Parents, I don't have to tell you that your kids are watching to, for you to know it because they start repeating things that you say and you go, where did they, le- where'd they learn that? It's probably you, right? Your kids are watching. The world is watching. Followers of Jesus, it's never been more important for you and I to grasp the fact the way we handle hardships, the way we handle conflict, the way we handle our everyday life, the world is watching. They're looking to you and I. And if you were the only glimpse of Jesus that people got to see, would they meet Jesus or would they just meet you? People are watching and what we choose to do makes a big difference because our actions communicate what we really believe. Will we choose worry or worship? Will we choose defeat or victory? Will we choose grace or wrath? The world is watching. Verse 26 says this. So suddenly, I love that word too. I know you thought I was going to read a whole Bible verse without talking, but I'm not. Suddenly. So they're in prison and they begin to worship. And they begin to sing hymns to God. They're worshiping despite their circumstances. And then there's a word that's inserted that says suddenly, meaning nothing had shifted until the point where they begin to sing. And when they began to worship above their circumstance, it says suddenly there was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundation. All the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off. Third point for you this morning is this. Worship has chain-breaking power. Come on, you ought to punch your neighbor three times in the throat and tell him hallelujah because worship has chain-breaking power. I love a few things that we need to know that I think are so important just from reading the text that the moment Paul and Silas began to worship, Something shifted in the atmosphere that was going on around them. An earthquake took place and every person's chain began to fall off. It wasn't just their own chains because sometimes we think worship just impacts us. But remember, the world is watching and the world is impacted by your worship. So when you begin to worship, when you begin to praise, literal chains and shackles can fall off of people. People who were stuck in drug addictions for years can be set free, not just through their own worship, but I believe through your worship. The bondage that people find themselves in can be broken off of them. You can walk into a room with somebody that has depression, and if you begin to worship, I believe depression and anxiety and fear can begin to fall off of their life because worship has chain-breaking power. You better be saying amen in that comment section. I don't know what you needed to hear today, but what I came to proclaim and tell you is that you and I can be set free through the power of worshiping Jesus above every circumstance and situation that we face. And let me just give you a little bit of clarity on where Paul and Silas are at. Paul and Silas weren't freed because they worshiped. Paul and Silas worshiped because they were free. 
They worshiped because they knew that they had the freedom of Jesus Christ living inside of them. And there was no earthly chain or shackle that could contain what God was doing within them on the inside. And because they knew they were free in Christ, a momentary point of bondage was nothing in comparison to the freedom that they already had inside of them. So they began to worship. And what was happening internally set things free externally. There's going to be times where you experience something on the outside, but you've got to remember what God has done and is doing in you on the inside. Because who you are isn't defined by what is taking place around you, but what God is doing within you. That's what uh, the prophet Samuel says, that, that God tells him that the Lord doesn't look at the outward appearance, but the Lord sees the heart. God is looking at the inside of you. And if you've experienced freedom in him, it'll break some chains and shackles on the outside. If you've been stuck in an addiction, you need to know that it's nothing in comparison to what God can do in your life. You begin to worship. If you're stuck in a pornography addiction, it can be broken in Jesus' name. If you're stuck in depression, it can be broken off of you. You're stuck with anxiety and fear, it can break off of you. There is no earthly bondage that worshiping Jesus can't break off. You say, well, why do I still struggle? Because we're still in a broken and fallen world. Don't let the, the sight of a struggle shift your view of your Savior. God is still working on your behalf, even if you can't see him in a moment. Worship has chain-breaking power. Years ago, I know I've shared this with you before, but I was hopelessly stuck in a drug addiction. And I had tried to get out over and over and over again. And it wasn't until I shifted my worship. Because to worship something is to show love or affection to it. It wasn't until I shifted my love and affection to Jesus that I actually found freedom. So we'll keep reading in Acts chapter 16 and you find out what happens. So all the chains and the shackles break off of the prisoners. They've been set free. It's incredible. It's, it's amazing. And then this is what it says in Acts chapter 16, verse 27. It said, the jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open. That ain't good, right? He, he, he had one job, right? Keep Paul and Silas in prison. He wakes up, all the prison doors are wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped, so he drew his sword to kill himself. But Paul shouted, don't, stop, don't kill yourself. We're all here. The jailer called for the lights and ran to the dungeon and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and asked, Sir, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved, along with everyone in your household. And they shared the word of the Lord with him and all who lived in his household. The really cool thing about that is, if we continue on in the story, he brings Paul and Silas back to his house and his family meets Jesus and is baptized. It's incredibly beautiful. But I want you to notice one last thing today, and that's this, that worship isn't about singing. It's about a lifestyle. Worship isn't about singing. It's a lifestyle. So we in the local church um, use the word worship. And when we use the word worship, typically we are talking about singing. We have worship 
services where we gather together and we sing together. We do worship and we talk about it. We have worship music, right? So we have a worship team and that's all revolved around music. But your call for worship is to be a lifestyle where you are worshiping God in every area of your life. What I love about what Paul does is, yes, they were set free, and they could have escaped. They could have ran out the door and been completely gone from the jail. But your freedom in Christ does not just give you liberty to do whatever you want on earth. Freedom in Christ gives us liberty to continue to honor one another, even if we don't agree with one another. Freedom doesn't take advantage. And so what Paul does is they choose to really show how they honor God and how they honor authority when the chains break off and the doors fling open and they don't choose to just run. They choose to stay. And in a moment where a jailer would take his own life because he thought it was over, Paul gets to show how he's honoring God in everything and stops him from killing himself and leads that man to salvation. The way you conduct and live your life, I believe, will help people meet Jesus. The way Paul and Silas honored authority, the way they lived their life and even conducted themselves, brought this man to the place where he said, whatever you've got, I want. I want to serve the God that you serve because what I see in you is desirable. It's a life of worship that God has called every single one of us to. It's not about the quality of your voice. It's about the condition of your heart. And worship is a lifestyle for every single one of us. What Paul models for us is that just because I can doesn't mean I should. Just because I can leave doesn't mean that I should leave. He honors God in everything. Look at Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. In whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Whatever you do or say. Would you circle that? Highlight it, underline it, tattoo it on your forearm. I've already asked you to get throat tattoos during this pandemic. Would you do that? In everything you do, do it to glorify and honor the Lord. You are never not a representative of Jesus. So the moment you say yes to Jesus, you got this ID badge. It says son or daughter, and it says of the most high. From the moment you've surrendered your life to Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, you are from that point forward in every millisecond of your life a representative of Jesus Christ. So are you representing him well? Because you're never not a representative. You say, well, Pastor, what, what if I go to the club? God ain't at the club. No, you're still a representative. And God is omnipresent, so he is, he's, he's at the club. He saw you, right? None of y'all been to clubs in a little while, so we're good. Where are you in life? What are you doing? Would you still do it if Jesus was sitting beside you? Because he's living within you. 
And in every point, every moment of your life, you are a representative of him. There's never not a time where you're representing him. So with the gifts that God has given you, worship him. Worship is giving back to God what's rightfully his. And because God has blessed me with gifts, God has blessed me with the gift of speaking. So in this, every, every time I have the opportunity to teach, I'm worshiping God. I'm giving back to God what he first gave me. In not just areas of gifts, in the area of your time. Every single one of us have been afforded the same 24 hours in the day. Are you using it to represent the Lord? Are you worshiping him through that? Because when life gives you lemons, when life throws a curveball your way, you're going to be tempted to begin to hoard what God has blessed you with. But when you and I choose to worship, when we choose to give freely back to him, it changes everything. In the area of your finances. Hey, can I just tell you for a second that one of the greatest worship moments I have is at the beginning of every month when I get to choose to give back to God what he's blessed me with financially. There's times, I'll be honest, that early on I didn't feel like tithing. I didn't feel like giving. But when I chose to worship God with what he blessed me with, I'm telling you, I saw financial increase and I saw blessing that I never thought were possible. And we don't give so that we become blessed. We give because we're worshiping God. The byproduct of it, though, is you do receive blessing. So are you worshiping God with your finances? Would you say that, that your financial portfolio is a representation of the God you serve? Because if you trace what you spend your money on, there's Jesus says where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. If he wrote that in 2020, he'd say what your bank statement says, there your heart will be also. How do you spend your resources in every single thing? Our life, God gave us breath. He put breath in our lungs. Therefore, with the rest of our life, we're called to worship him. What Paul and Silas did for you and I today is they showed us that despite the circumstances and situations in life, despite the times where life throws us lemons, we have an incredible opportunity to choose to worship. We can verbally sing out to God and worship has power there. I believe one of the greatest moments of worship you can have is when you choose to stay faithful to who God's called you to be when the world around you starts changing and shifting. When the world around you seems chaotic and, and, and so fast-paced and you get frustrated with everything that's going on, but you choose to stay faithful to the character that God is developing in, within you, that's worship. That's why Romans chapter 12, verse 1 says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. That's what worship is. Worship is to say, hey, God, you've blessed me with everything. Therefore, everything I have is yours. In every area of my life, no matter what my circumstance or situation says, I'll choose to worship you. There's going to be plenty of times where I don't feel like it. In fact, there's probably going to be a greater opportunity for you to not feel like worshiping after watching this message. There's going to be something that comes up over the next seven days where what you've learned today will be challenged and be tested. But you have the opportunity to choose. You have the opportunity to choose to worship God despite what you're facing.
and despite what you're going through. Because in every situation that's changing in your life, the one thing that hasn't changed is who God is. And he is worthy of our praise and our adoration. Let me pray for you. God, we thank you so much for today and the ability to worship you and to seek after you. And Lord, we're coming asking you to shift some things in our own heart and in our life. We're asking you to breathe fresh wind into us. And Lord, in the areas of our life where we feel defeated, we pray for an increase of our awareness of victory in you. For Lord, in those moments where we feel in chains and in shackles right now, I pray that they would be broken off in Jesus' name through the power of worshiping you. We know, God, that you are still a earth-shaking, chain-breaking, miracle-working God. And we believe that for our lives. We thank you that even when our situations and circumstances change, you don't. And for some of you who are watching this, you don't have a relationship with Jesus. And the truth is, the only reason chains and shackles fell off of Paul and Silas is because they knew God. And the only way to know God is to first surrender your life to Christ. So if you're listening to this right now and you'd say, I don't have a relationship with Jesus, but I need the chains and shackles of sin to be broken off of my life. I want to walk you through a prayer. Will you say this with me? Dear Jesus, today I give you my life. I place my hope and trust in you. Thank you for dying in my place so that I could have new life. In Jesus' name, amen.